When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Welcome to the point after on WDVE Pittsburgh. Brought to you by Parks Casino. The entire Steelers radio broadcast team is here to break down the last game. Here's your host, Missy Matthews. There's a snap. There goes Najee off left side. Bounces it for the goal line. Touchdown, Pittsburgh. Marker down on the play. Clay Martin, our referee, is going to talk it over, and he's going to say that the Browns were offside, so the five-yard touchdown for Najee is going to stand his offside. first of the season. Defense number 21, lining up in the neutral zone. Billy's been declined. Result of the play is a touchdown. Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Point After. I'm Missy Matthews with Craig Wolfley and Max Starks. Bill Hillgrove, if you're listening, we hope you feel better soon. Our first segment tonight is brought to you by Brian Patton and Associates. It's all about the benefits. And Max, Wolf, and I were talking before we jumped on air here. We're feeling a little bit more positive. Definitely not the feeling we had on Friday. How are you feeling uh, as you had a chance to look back at that game? Well, I'm definitely feeling better than Miles Garrett. Um, <laughs> had a little had a little fender bender solo. Hope he's okay. But um, no, I'm 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 feeling I'm feeling better in some areas, and then of course just frustrated in other areas. If that's if that if that's a good kind of in between feeling. I mean, I saw some progress. I've seen some great play by certain players. Um, where the frustration lies is still not the efficiency um, as a team, and that that's that's one of the things that's still kind of getting. And you know, it's like it's like it's like looking at the four corners of the of a, of a jigsaw puzzle. You got the pieces, you're just not sure is the sky over here, or is it over there, and you're trying to just put the right pieces in place. You know, the thing about it, Max, and we were talking about this more too, is. You know, in the aftermath of a, of a tough loss to a division rival, it always just stinks. You know, I mean, and you wallow around for a little while, but then you got to turn the page. You got to kind of come out of that that uh, feeling that you have, and you start looking at things a little more realistically. And really, what we're looking at is an offense that went out and put more points on the board, more first downs. Had you know, the time of possession was very even, very close at halftime. Um, a lot of good things outrushed the Browns in the first half, and then they started the third, and then that's when the wheels started to fall off. And it was just really, in my mind, it's about sustaining what you did in that first half. You were you were doing some really good things, some positive things. The offensive line was playing. Uh, Dan Moore's doing doing uh, you know mano a mano battle with Miles Garrett and doing a good job. You know the offensive line was at times you know the pin and pull stuff. 
come in and pin on one side, come down, crack with the wham or the tackle or the tight end, whoever the whammer was. And and Najee was starting to get some downhill running and getting a little violent. And you know what? I like that. I really liked it. And then we saw Jalen Warren contribute. And then there were other factors that, that came in. But then, for whatever reason, when you hit three, three and outs, that you really kind of pull that, that uh, deck of cards, that one card, or if you're playing Jenga, that one thing that collapses things. And that four series drives where the Browns went, uh, what, uh, 12, 9, 14, and 11 plays, that really killed you. Yeah, and I- six minutes plus. Sorry, Max. Yeah, that'll hurt you. I was just saying, yeah, those drives of six minutes plus back to back really, really, uh, really hurt the momentum. Last week, guys, we talked about, you know, what is the Steelers' identity as an offense? It was something we heard Mason Cole say, we don't have one. We have to find one. I don't want to say what they did in the first half is their identity, but Wolf, do you feel like that is at least a blueprint? As you said, Najee had, you know, 72 yards rushing in the first two games at Cleveland. He had 46 at halftime, you know, 15 for 56 and a touchdown overall. So what do you take away from what worked so well and maybe what got away from them in the second half? Well, I I think what worked so well in the first half was their ability to be able to get some wins on first and second down and make manageable third downs. I thought Mitch threw the ball increasingly well throughout the game. And one of the things I I think that he's doing – and I'm, what I'm liking and I see is, you know, as he's pushing the ball down the field, it, sometimes I think he's overprotective with the ball a little bit early on because he doesn't want to make mistakes. He's going to be, you know, have ball security. But when he needs to, man, he made some great throws in the second half. I mean, the couple to Fryermuth were just beautiful, just beautiful. They had some other throws there that were spot on. You know, Deontay's got to come up with a catch. Uh, you know, Chase Claypool, you got to help out. Get that catch, you know, uh, and we saw the catch with George Pickens. But, you know, you, you got to come back and, and contribute more than just a highlight reel catch. Um, and, and, you know, I know you're asking a lot there because the young man is, is done so very much. But the fact is, there's just, as Mike Tomlin talks about, there's a lot of meat on the bone here offensively. And if you watch it over and over like – I did today. <laughs> I got a little bleary. I'd even found myself falling asleep in my double wide fat guy, lazy boy chair as I'm watching <laughs> it. Um, you know, uh, as I watch it, that, that gloom kind of lifted and I started going, you know what? These guys got some good things going for them. Now they got to capitalize on it and move forward with it. Well, and it's more, it's more about, like you said, moments and it not coming together as a team, right? It's saying I have 500 pieces to the puzzle, but I don't know what the picture is. Mm-hmm. And it's like we got part of it kind of put together, but you want the whole picture to come together. And it keeps getting closer and closer. Every week we keep putting more pieces together, but we just we want the entire picture that's on the cover of the box to be finished right out the gates. And when you have a new team, when you have new pieces and new players, it takes a little bit of time and I feel like we're ahead of a lot of other teams, but it's still not quite there yet. And so that's that's where the patience has to come in. And like you said, let's get a full month of games, four games under our belt before we start making the big accusations. But we can start seeing what we think the picture is. Well, I think part of the picture and what I, I hope that uh, – well, here's the thing. When people start talking about an identity, I, I – to me, your identity is whatever is called in the huddle. And we talked about that before. Because you've got to be equipped to be able to do whatever it is that the coaches need you to do. 
And I think that's what your identity is. You don't don't worry about the big picture. That's the pro the the, the privy of the coaches. Your job, you know what you got to do, and you know what you have to accomplish. And when you fall short, then you've got to make sure that your skill level, whatever you got to do to get back on track, to be a contributor at your position, to get the job done overall, one of eleven uh, in the offense, one of eleven in the defense, or whatever in the special team. Um, that's what you got to do, and that's the assessment, self-assessment you got to make, and then come back and get the job done at a higher level. Max, but, do you feel like the offensive line is the least of the problems that need fixed? I don't think it's the least, um, you know, but I think it's one of those things that's that's getting better and getting repaired. They're self-repairing themselves, um, but it's still something that you have to consistently work at. And I think it's not more so solely the offensive line. It's the relationship of the line to the run game and the pass game as it, as it pertains. Whereas the running back has to trust the offensive line. The offensive line has to trust that wherever they open that hole, running back's going to go through that hole. And running back has to trust that where they think the hole should be, it's going to be there. I think that's, a, that's something that has to be repaired that directly reflects with the offensive line and then the pass game. They're getting better at their assignments. They're getting better at their one-on-one blocking schemes. Still need to be a little bit cleaner. You still have to pass off some twists because there's still those times where a guy just blows up the middle and you have to be better with communicating with each other and making sure that everybody's on their proper sync levels. Um, I think the offensive scheme still needs work because you know just as much as Wolf just said, you don't want the identities, whatever play is called. Well, sometimes you want to know what the tendencies are. <laughs> you want to be able to say, okay, this is their bread and butter. They hang their hat on. It doesn't matter if the other person knows it or not. We could run this play in all conditions against any front and have success. And that's, that, that is what a lot of people, you know, from us, from the broadcasting side, from the fan side, we look at it and say, that's your DNA. That's your identity. But it's, Honestly, it's your tendency. It's like these are your tendency type of things, and are they good tendencies or bad tendencies? But I don't know what those tendencies are, and that's why I'm waiting to see a little bit more of what can we hang our hats on outside of a jet sweep. You know, I think that's where seeing the consistency and moments where it looks great, not so good, guy blows by in the back the backside on a cutoff play and makes a play from behind when a hole opens up in the middle. Those are the little things that have to continually get cleaned up and they have to continually work on. There's no question about it, brother. I, I agree with you exactly. The point is, what I'm saying is, when I watched that film today, okay, what I saw was more movement at the point of attack on the double teams. And they stayed on the double teams longer than I've seen, which I think is great. Because I'm always of the, the mindset where if you take the guy with his hand in the dirt and you throw him in the lap of the second-level linebacker, all right, there you go. You, you pick that guy up, unless, of course, he's running through, right? But if you stay on that double team in just a, a, maybe a, a heartbeat longer, and then you come off on the second-level guy, and that back hits it and splits it in between the two, there's a, I mean, that's what Chubb does. And Cleveland does a good job of that. And I think if you, the, the longer you, not the, you can't overstay on the double team, and you can't leave early. And it's finding that sweet spot and being able to move. Because there was a couple double teams. They just blew the defensive tackle, the three techniques, off the line of scrimmage and buried them. 
but unfortunately also happened on, on you know, like on a play-action pass. Well, whoop-de-doo. You know what I mean? So yeah. the fact is, I understand what you're saying about tendency. Tendencies result from good plays, right? And if your good plays are, are like uh, Cleveland ran that, that power with Joe Batonio. Okay, it's like Alan Fanica running the power back in your day when Willie Parker smoked it, uh, you know, in the Super Bowl and so forth. Um, that play, that's a tendency. That's the ability to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what we're just waiting to see because I don't think if we know if we're an inside zone team, if we're a gap team, or if we're an outside toss team, um, those are the things we're waiting to see because – there's moments where we see it, it looks awesome, like you said, and you want to have that hat hanger like like Cleveland does. There's mm-hmm. a play that we can call, no matter what they do, we got it, and we can run it, and we can run the clock out. But we haven't gotten to that yet, and that's also a part of the offensive line coming together because that that once they are gelled together, then you kind of know what you really have in your unit. Like, what do these guys do? Are they ground and pound? Are they zone guys that like to get on their on their high horse and run on an angle and allow the running back to pick and choose his holes? Or is it a one-cutback type of team? Or are we a wham team, right? We use the counter motion with the tight end, and we pull, and that's what we free up, and we're looking to hit between the tackles. So it's something that's going to be fun to watch. Like I said, we took progress, and that's why I say the offensive line is not the least of our worries, but it's also not the biggest problem offensively. You know what I remember? I remember having a conversation with Jeff Hardings, the center back in your day, right? And you guys were cruising along, and, and when you made that run to the Super Bowl and everything, I remember talking to him. I think it was – it might have been, well, we were in Detroit or not. I can't remember which it was. But the, he said, the playbook has been cut down, and we started to make sure that we could run those plays with the playbook cut down against any defense. And that's when you simplified it and gave it the KISS method. Things started to move for them, and one of them was that power – and he talked about that play. You could run that against any any play. I mean, any defense with bot, with uh, you know uh, Jerome Bettis in there or Willie, and it was going to work against anyone because you guys could block it against anybody. Yeah. So no, our, our menu was we had weak side zone, which was our base play. We had our strong side zone, tight end, strong ride play. Right. We had double, uh, and then we had two draws, and we had. The single back counter, but you couldn't run the, two, the one draw the with Fanica, right? We we couldn't we we could only run it one so one and a half draws. We had one and a half draws. We could only run H forty two. We could not run H forty three, and then we ran sprint draw. That was it. There that you go. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yes, yeah, Alan, I love you, but you still can't run H forty two. Uh, Wolf, as you were watching the film, what does Dan Moore do so well against Miles Garrett where it feels like these last few games he has not been this wrecking force that sometimes other teams are dealing with? Uh, when, one of the things that they, you know, they helped a little bit with the back, a little check from yeah. tight end, but Dan just stood his ground. You know, and, and, and sometimes it wasn't pretty. Oftentimes pass protection is not looking pretty out there. It's getting the job done regardless. Sometimes you got to do a little bit of uh, – Sleight of hand, maybe a little habeas muggus or grabus every now and then. Things things will happen. It's called Max. clutching, Wolf. Clutching. It's called clutching. Thank wolf. you. It's Thank clutching, you. Not holding. That's right. Holding we got to be penalty. careful. Clutching is not our terminology. <laughs> we've got to be careful with it. Yes, clutching, um, and that's you know that's what what Dan did. I thought Dan did a good job of just fighting them. 
just fighting him. It, he technically wasn't all that sound all the time, but man, he had a lot of fight in him, and I that I enjoyed. I, I'll take the fight over a guy that's you know just always technically sound and, and kind of uh, got a fish handshake. You know what I mean? Are you guys writing a book with all your terminology so we can follow along throughout the season? <laughs> don't, don't worry. Don't worry. There, there will be definitions released at a later date. Just, Is, just not, everybody just has to nod and just, just act like you know what we're talking about. <laughs> as long as I get a signed copy, that's all uh, you know. we really yes. need to talk about here. Exactly. <laughs> all right. We have much more to talk about here on The Point After. We will touch on film study. Also, what Cam Hayward said today and a, uh, a little fun fact stat about the New York Jets. We'll talk about all of that when we return. You're listening to WDVE. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Back to the point after. Brought to you by Parks Casino on DVE. Nick Chubb's one of the best backs in the league when it comes to breaking tackles, and you got to bring it when you tackle him. Um, we didn't do that enough tonight, um, and so we know um, we got to be better in that area. Um, but we can't just be talk about it. It's got to be action, um, and we got a long weekend ahead of us to um, to review the film and get back to it. We have a long week on Monday to get back to it, um, but we know. I'm tired, tired of this, this taste in our mouth. Alex Highsmith following the loss in Cleveland on Thursday night. Nick Chubb, who he mentioned, and Kareem Hunt combined for 160 yards, 113 by Nick Chubb. This is the point after. I'm Missy Matthews with Craig Wolfley and Max Starks, and we are taking you through the loss as we get prepared for another game on Sunday, this time at Acrisure Stadium. The New York Jets are coming to town. The segment right now is brought to you by the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank and Don's Appliance. For every field goal we kick this season, Don's Appliance will do Donate $1,000 to the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. That's 5,000 meals each time. Thank you, Don's Appliance. You can also donate, too, by texting GOALS to 50155. And woof, that was Alex Highsmith, as we said, who has uh, been receiving a little bit more attention now. That <laughs> There's been two games without T.J. Watt. Hopefully just two more to go, as we know he was warming up in Cleveland a little bit, which was a good sight, but officially out for the next two, the Jets and Buffalo. But uh, what did you see from Alex Smith in game two without number 90? Oh, I, you know, here's the thing about it. Eight tackles, one half sacks. He had two tackles for loss, two quarterback hits. You know, I saw a young man that is uh, definitely on the upswing. This young man has a lot of go get him about him. He's strong. He's powerful. He's quick. Um, he's got a, a fierce intentionality, and he, get, he arrives in bad humor. And, and does the things that you would expect from an edge setter. He comes down on the back of the line of scrimmage, squeezes uh, to the hole, and uh, sometimes when he's able to crash, he comes down and just wipes the mat with whoever is trying to hit on the opposite side away from him. So I got a lot of good things to say about Alex. Alex has got, uh, you know, again, is he's growing into this job, but, you know, it's so much better when you have the reigning defensive player of the year on the other side. You learn so much more, and there is so much that that – other dude provides for you uh, defensively speaking. So I think he's he's doing well. But uh, again, T.J. Watt is T.J. Watt. Hmm. 
And I think more so it's Alex is finally understanding where his role fits. Because when you play the weak side rush in, so to speak, I mean, because it's the def- it's the defensive right, but our offensive left, and I'm always looking at everything from the left side. And <laughs> I'm left handed too, bud. See, there it is. There, there it is. You know, uh, you know We're but we are copacetic. That's why we get along so well. And I think for Alex, that's an adjustment because at Charlotte, he played both sides. You know, in college, and so sometimes. Not only just coming into a 3-4 defense and understanding how that role is, but sometimes playing one side of the ball. You know, I thought it was more effective this game for Alex because he was switching sides. Mm-hmm. He was playing both sides. It was more of what his natural tendency was and what he's grown up playing, whereas when TJ's healthy, he's he's on the left, he's on the left. That's it. You don't come to the right. That That's TJ's zone. Right. And so now – but now with the opportunities, he's able to now get flexibility, which I think opens up the defense even more when you could have a guy like him learning that. But it's still an adjustment back because he's been so inundated with just doing it from one side. You now have to learn how to do it from the opposite side again. So he's flipping back and forth within the game. And I thought that was something that was a nice step forward. I thought when you talk about growing and evolving the defense, I know, yes, it's not it's not at a good point right now because you don't have TJ. And we know what our record is without TJ in the game. But it does make us – I think it's making us a stronger defense because now you're having guys – flex their responsibilities to where when you do have all hands on deck, that's something that's going to help this team. That's going to help them later in the year. Because let's face it, the season's not one in September. You know, we, we, we can him and haw in September. It's one in November and December. And the more quality reps and the more chances guys are getting right now at this particular point, it's going to pay its dividends at the end of the year. In those gotta have it situations. Right now, we're not we're not in the gotta have it. We're in the we 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 really would like it. Uh, you know, because right. like you said, you get you get two division games within the first month of the season, and you want to get that leg up. You know, because you don't want to catch guys in stride. But hey, we drop one. Okay, that that happens all the time. But how's it going to be when when we get down to those races, and if everything starts to look alike in the division records, right? You know, you're three and three, four and two. And now it's tiebreaker time. Well, now those those non those non division conference games are going to matter a little bit later. So how you do against the Jets this this upcoming week? I'm How's your dog? You about? How's your dog? The, the squeak toy. I know he is he is annoying me right now. He has his squeak toy on my leg, and I'm trying my best you. to like shoo him. Yes, he has. He has. I know. I've been gone for like five days. I know. I know he's upset. And he has been all in my grill this whole time. And I, I thought I hid the toy, too. Apparently, I didn't do a good enough job. No, you didn't. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was terrible. Um, That's tremendous. I love it. I know. I know. It let, lets you know that this is a working household, right? Yes, yes. it is. This is a dog-friendly show. We, we, we yes, like pups here. Unquestionably oh. so. You know what I thought? A guy that put in some good snaps, and I, I hope they continue to do this, was Malik Reed. You know, Malik Reed does some good yeah. stuff, good, solid stuff. Again, I don't think he's of the ca- same caliber as T.J. Watt, who is. Um, I, I think that uh, he's, you know, uh, a guy that is more along the lines where Alex is. But Alex, I think, you know, still is ahead of him. But he's a guy, Malik Reed, who does a good job of playing both the run and the pass, even though he's not that huge of a guy. And yet I saw him get some good pressure at times. He's, he's working away on Jack Conklin. And haven't at it, and, and held his own in the, in the ground game, at you know for the most part. And then, yeah, I, I know things fell apart, 
and it's unfortunate. But you know what? You still have some a modicum of success in that first half. You look at it and say, okay, we have to extrapolate from that now, pull that forward, and now we got to be able to do this over the course of 60 minutes rather than just over 30. Well, and, and I think the other thing is is that Malik Reed being in and not being as big, there's also opportunities for him to do a little bit more creatively in in a lot of the uh, the blitzing game. Mm-hmm. Because there was a couple times in that game, if you remember, Wolf, where he was lined up outside, a little bit of a shift, and the next thing you know, he's in the middle of the defense, almost like a three-linebacker look they in the middle. They did do that. They did do that, yeah. yes. So, so which is something you would you, – you did, they did with Alex as well. Um, so I like the fact that they're getting creative, you know, just like when we, when they unveiled the four down look in new England, right. Um, looking at what can we do? What can we change? And now they're building upon that. And now they're doing it from the, from the snap, as opposed to having a pre pre snap shift to it. And I think that's something that that's coming along and you're right. I like what he's doing. We saw Jameer Jones get some burn also on Thursday night. Um, and seeing him start to fit his way in. As, as he gets more comfortable with the defense and what the assignments are. So it's just it's just one of those things where you see it coming together. It's just not coming together as fast as we would like it, but it is coming um, together, which is nice to see. And that's why I'm not as alarmed um, because when you look at it, we're getting things done and we're getting cleaner on things. It's just can you go 60 minutes versus yes. 30 minutes? Yes. And can, it, can you show – now that you've shown me a half, can you show me three quarters? And when Mm -hmm. you show me three quarters, can you show me a full game? And I think they're working towards that. So there is progress, even though it doesn't look good on the wins and losses right now. But like I said, it's not one in September. It's one at the end of the year. That's when those those are really going to count. Controlling the line of scrimmage uh, after the game, Mika Fitzpatrick Wolf said, you know, we knew what they wanted to do. They wanted to run the ball, and they did what they wanted to. What did you see in terms of, you know, some lapses in the defense of not being able to contain those guys to give the offense a chance to maybe go down and make some plays, even though, uh, you know, chicken and egg, which one came first, but the offense had their woes as well. They did. But I, I look at this defensively, and I think I can summarize it in two plays that was in the first quarter. It was interesting. They ran that power with Joe Batonio coming around the corner, and Arthur Millette kind of ducked under Batonio. Uh, Akella Witherspoon came up, and he whiffed on Chubb right in the hole. Whiffed on him, and he went, I don't know, 20, 30 yards on that run. The very next play, they run a similar play. I think it was an outside zone. No, I don't think they pulled Batonio. But they run it, and you got uh, Akella Witherspoon comes off the edge and goes and takes down Chubb like, you know, he, he had it was personal, which it was. You're in the hole. You got to make the hit. And when you saw Akello kind of left his feet, didn't bring his whole body, and Nick Chubb beat him on that first run, the very next play he comes down and just saws Nick Chubb in half and brings him down. And you've got to bring that same sort of perspective and effort uh, as you did on the second rep to the first rep. And you can't allow those whiffs in the hole or those things, and that's what broke down in the second half. And I, I think this defense is capable you watch them. If you do it once, you can do it twice. And if you do it twice, you can do it four times. If you do it for a quarter, you can do it for a half. You do it for a half, you can do it for a whole. But you have to be of the mindset and be able to have the temerity, the strength of uh, whatever your personage, and, and, and stay in the game and get the job done and play at that high level. And I think right now, when you have an offense that, that kind of disappeared for three three-and-outs, 
You know, Max, to me, that's kind of like you're leaving your defense vulnerable when it's already vulnerable because they're without T.J. Watt. So they can't really afford those uh, three and outs where the defense suddenly is has got to rescue the offense when, in fact, you saw how it worked out in the first half. The defense was playing and seemed to be, as, as the offense went, the defense did also. You know, where normally it's the defense with T.J. Watt kind of leading the way. Right now, they're going to play pretty much at the same level as what the, the offense is capable of doing. Yeah, and I think, and like you said, Wolf, it was it was a stretch off the same formation. Um, they ran they ran stretch after they after they ran the counter motion with the lead. Um, so yeah, you 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 the margin for error. TJ cleans up a lot of those yeah bugaboo moments, right? <laughs> you know, a lot of those. <laughs> you know, like you said, like if Akello whiffs in the hole, but it gets the back to sidestep, right? And then TJ's usually closing from the backside, right? I mean, he, those are those moments where you don't miss him, but now you realize I need to be steadier. I can't whiff in the hole. I have to make a short tackle, hold the guy up, or at least until reinforcements come, right? Tie the guy up. Don't allow him to sidestep me in stride and keep on going. And that's where they have to get a little bit cleaner. And that means when you come and, you, and, you're, and you're coming downhill to fill a gap, come to base sooner, right? Yep. Because when you come with your feet together, that's when you get the teeter-totter. You got to jump and, and, and have a hope and a prayer that I hope I grab his shoelace. Because this dude has just sidestepped me. You need to be a little bit more of balance so that you could shuffle into it. And they're working on that. I, I think that's the other thing. But you're right. The margin of error is a lot is a lot slimmer when you don't have number 90 out there on the field. Miles Jack had uh, 10 tackles in the first game, 13 in the second, 12 in on Thursday night. I almost said last night in Cleveland. Um, <laughs> first player since James Ferry to have three consecutive games with 10-plus tackles. Well, what are you seeing from him and specifically on Thursday? Bang. Bang. I mean, this guy, he is not afraid to pull the trigger on shooting a gap. You know, and he's he's very, very he, – he kind of reminds me of a, a teammate of uh, Max's, Larry Foote, who was very instinctive, a guy that, you know, sometimes – every now and then, he you know, he'd, he'd fire off the gun and, and, and kind of whiff on something. But that was – for the most part, he was right on in his decision-making and his – Samurai sixth sense that uh, he had out there, and I think Miles Jack has really upgraded the inside linebacker position. I I look at this and I think, okay, this is the guy we're looking for. This is the guy that comes in. He plays hard. He's a, he's a ball hunter. He's a guy that gets off blocks. And one of the the the, the results I th- I think of him playing, I think he's raised the level of Devin Bush. I think Devin Bush, I watch him, he's doing a better job of getting off blocks, of firing through some of the gaps, and becoming the player that he was pre-knee injury. And I think right now that uh, Miles Jack is a leader in that linebacker room in the inside there, and, and he is raising the level of the play, and I think both uh, Devin Bush and Robert Spillane are benefiting from it. Well, and they're more so, and like I said, it's a tempo, right? It's a tempo, it's a standard. Right. Miles Jack has has simply reset what the standard is of, of linebacker play. And the advantage that I love about Miles is he played the he played running back in college. Yes. So this guy has a certain vision and a certain thought process that not a lot of lot true linebackers that never played other positions have. He can he can feel and he can anticipate. And I think that's also why you got a guy making double digit tackles um, like Miles Jack is is because you have that sixth sense of what running back is. You speak running back because you're a linebacker. 
that played that position. And you understand what the assignment is. You understand what the flow is supposed to look like. And so, therefore, you know what he's thinking if he wants to put his foot in the ground and cut backside. And that's when he's like downhill, thump, yep. thump, you know, and he's hitting you in the hole. So I love that about Miles Jack, and he's been a great addition to this squad. And I think it adds to the leadership depth of not only Cam and of TJ and of Minka, you have that second-level leader as well. You want to have it at all three layers, and now you do with a Miles Jack. All right, we are going to take another quick break here on The Point After when we return. I promise we'll get to my fun fact. Wolf already knows that, Max, <laughs> it'll be quite a treat for you. You're listening to DVE. Don't go anywhere. Back to The Point After, brought to you by Parks Casino on DVE. It was just inconsistent not hitting those plays that we needed. Um, we hit some in the first half. That's why we scored 14 points. Three points in the second half isn't going to do it for us. Hi, everybody. I'm Missy Matthews with Craig Wolfley and Max Starks. You're listening to The Point After here on DVE. That was Steelers quarterback Mitch Trubisky following the loss on Thursday in Cleveland. Our third and final segment is brought to you by Clearview Federal Credit Union. For every turnover the black and gold create in 2022, Clearview Federal Credit Union will donate $500 to the Light of Life rescue mission. Clearview, helping people to enjoy a better life. Visit clearviewfcu.org slash touchdown. Max, I want to start with you uh, on this one first. A lot of film studies uh, taking place in terms of uh, team meetings. The team was supposed to be off on Friday. They were all in the the facility. Again, uh, looking over some film today, you've you've been in some of Coach Tomlin's uh, meetings a time or two. Uh, give us what that is like. So, well, you don't win on the short week. <laughs> that was a long pause. That was a long, awkward pause. <laughs> There's a couple of political, uh, I guess, correctness words I, and phrases I have to, I have to sort through my okay. before yep. we go through it. Yeah, we uh, want the PG yeah. version. Yes, exactly. Um, you know, th- this, is, this is a correction style of day um, when you come in on Friday. You're going to watch that entire film as an offense and a defense – um, after coach has given you his breaking news report, mm-hmm. which will be the highlights and the lowlights, and either you decide that you either need an additional cushion in your chair <laughs> or or you need a broomstick to prop you up because he's ripped your spine out. So it's uh, either one of those. Um, and then after that, then you get into just a whole unit viewing of the game. And each of the coaches are obviously every play giving their insight. And then you break off into individual meetings with your position coaches. And then from there, you get your grades on what they, how they graded it. And then from there, you're going to go over the MAs. And so it's a correction style of day. And then I'm not sure if they go on the field afterwards. I know they made us go on the, go on the field um, back in the day and walk through what we messed up. Um, that's about how it goes. Coach Tomlin will talk once. He will talk loudly. Uh, well, I wouldn't say loudly. He will talk um, very sternly? passionately uh, and sternly, okay. passionately and sternly about his expectation and about what we did right and what we did wrong and what we need to improve upon in the next 10 days before we go back out on the field again. And he he always likes to re- re- reiterate the concept of, Iron sharpens iron, mm. but a dull blade does not cut. So you need to get <laughs> sharp. 
Good point. You know, I can summarize what what that that's like when uh, I remember the I was with the the great Mike, great late Mike Webster, and we were sitting there after waiting for Chuck to come in and start the meeting. And Chuck came in, gave a few terse comments, and then it was about breaking down into your own meeting rooms. I remember Webby just going, "Well, let's get to the rat killing." <laughs> And that's essentially yeah. what it was. Coach Noel, one of the things about Coach yeah. Noel, it's a little different than Mike. Mike believes in turning the page. Coach Noel didn't turn the page for a while. Today in the yeah, locker he, he, room. He, he, mark it up with red, red, with red marker. Yeah, he'd, he'd <laughs> hang on to that for a while. He'd remind you. Yes. Uh, yeah. Today, Captain Cam Hayward, of course, speaking to the media. He said, you know, the weekend was nice. We got a quick reset. We have work to do. Got a couple extra hours of work. Of rest, excuse me, hopefully it benefits us. Uh, Max, he added, and, you know, it's not like we were drinking Mai Tais. I was telling Wolf that before the show started. (laughs) Is it easier or harder having this layover of getting back to work? They can't practice until Wednesday um, following a loss like that. Um, No, I mean, it's time to reset yourself. Because, I mean, once you go up to training camp and you come back from training camp, kind of your household, depending on how many people you have at your house, um, it's kind of like two ships passing in the dark, you know, for a lot of things. Like you're there, you've thrown your stuff from camp back in the house, you know, you got to order it. So it gives you a chance to kind of cleanse yourself and refocus yourself. It's almost like a mini bye week um, to where you can kind of take what happened in the past after you finish with the corrections on Friday and you could just take a weekend and just kind of take a breath because now you're going to have to go all the way through week nine to your next opportunity. So it's in tranches. So it allows you to silo portions of the season, um, which is nice having a game earlier. We used to only get that game after Thanksgiving because we weren't, you know, it was a rule back then when I played and same with Wolf, you didn't, you didn't touch Thursday nights for football until after Thanksgiving. Like the Thanksgiving night was like the line of demarcation when, you might have had that opportunity if you played on if you played on Thanksgiving night, and then the rest of the season Thursday was available because college was over. Right. Um, college ends their games at Thanksgiving weekend, so now that Thursday is available. They used to be the old Big East Thursday night games, <laughs> um, where I'd see like Pitt, West Virginia, and Miami, and all of them on there. So now that that's changed, it gives teams a kind of a pseudo bye week um, built in because you get that extended time off. Um, and so I think guys got, got a chance to refocus, got to recenter. And, you know, you got to take that intimate deep dive. You also got to catch up on, on, uh, on the honeydew list um, <laughs> if, if you had a spouse in there. It's like, I told you to fix that light bulb. I cannot fix the light. Okay, I got the light bulb. On no Saturday. yard I got the work, light bulb. bro. No yard <laughs> work. No, 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 no yard work. No, 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 no. Unless you're Charlie Batch. He loves a snowblower. He loves a good snowblower. <laughs> okay. Well, good, good for um, Chuck. Yeah, good for Chuck, but no, no, you'd never catch a lineman doing that. Um, so, so that that's what I think it is. It, it's time where you get to recenter and reflect, and now you know you have until Wednesday before you can hit the field. It gives you that breathing room. It also gives you a chance to get extra treatment if yes. you need it, because guys are getting more reps than they normally would because of an absence of a player or two. So maybe those guys who weren't used to the workload now there's a chance for you to kind of what what Gee likes to call Garrett Gimont, um likes to call deloading you get mm-hmm. to deload a little bit and, and you know and work and work on some things personally that's excellent and that's really true that that especially the part about the rehab because you have that opportunity to deload and and decrease the amount of like weights sets training whatever so that your body gets a little spring back 
You know, you get a little spring back over a good 72 hours rest, and your body will feel so much better, especially if you get a little bit of a, a massage thing going on. You get, uh, you know, uh, you got the jacuzzi and everything else. You do that and do that every day or you get in, or a couple days out of the weekend, and you'll feel right as rain coming back. Well, especially since they had a short week. So you dealt with the loss to the Patriots, how to quickly get ready, travel to Cleveland, play in that game. But also um, I saw a not-so-great stat that the defense is averaging 80 plays per game. Oof, that's not good. Mm. Yeah, so they probably did want some rest this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And listen, and that's now one of the things when you talk about offense, that's where those three and outs matter. Right. That's where – the time of possession matters for your squad. I mean, and that I feel like that number got also skewed because, you know, that 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 Patriots game was just so the lopsided. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it was just so lopsided at the end when it was kind of close. And then those plays, and then New England was just barely getting across the you know the first down marker. So they were milking that time to the full extent. It's like we stopped you, but we also got the extra foot we needed to make sure that you knew that we get a new set of downs. <laughs> and so for the offense, that's where they need to talk. I mean, we talked about it after the uh, New England game, right, Wolf? Yes. Uh, Mitch deciding to slide instead of dive. Uh, those little things matter, um, you know, because if you could take two, three, four reps off the defense per quarter by just extending drives and not throwing them out there as soon as they get off the field in a three and out, that helps them. Or if you're taking time, you're not going hurry up, like also what our offense did, right? And, and you're getting off the field either quickly from a score or quickly from a punt. Um, those don't help your defense either. So it's picking and choosing those moments, but also understanding what your defense needs. Hey, we need an extra blow. You guys got to hold the ball. I'll never forget. I mean, I, I remember one time Casey Hampton came up to me and said, hey, listen, listen, we're going to do our job. But 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 we need to rest. We need to rest a little bit. We're like, all right, we got you. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, up next for the Steelers, the New York Jets coming to Acrisure Stadium. The Steelers are favorites for the first time this season. And my fun fact will end on this note: the Jets have played 180 minutes of football. They've held a lead for only 22 seconds of that. Wow. Thanks to Max Starks and Craig Wolfley and producer Tom for joining me. Don't forget the Steelers Pro Shop. Gear up with your latest sideline apparel hats and jerseys of your favorite players, custom items and exclusives direct from the team, Acrisure Stadium, Grove City Premium Outlets or Tanger Outlets or shop online at shop.steelers.com. See you next week. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid back nature. He's a family man and being a country mega star while also having seven kids. You know, he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 